Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Well, well, well. Excuse me for getting my Joel Gertner on and welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. It's WrestleMania week. I'm leaving for San Jose in about 24 hours from right now. From the time of this podcast release, I'll be in the air in about 24 hours. If you're not listening to this as soon as it's released, it's a lot less than 24 hours. It's about time for me uh, to bring you all that WrestleMania weekend has to offer. There's going to be so much going on in San Jose. Of course, the big show is going to happen Friday, I'm going to be uh, interviewing lots of WWE superstars in San Jose. Katie Linendahl and I are going out there Friday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Sirius 206 XM 103. Sam Roberts Show with Katie Linendahl will come to you from WrestleMania Radio Row. I don't know exactly who's going to be on Radio Row, but I guarantee you, some of the top WWE superstars participating in WrestleMania. I'm talking main event caliber, guys. Look at the YouTube channel. Look at YouTube.com slash NotSam. Look at last year's WrestleMania row. Look at the WrestleMania row the year before, and you tell me that you're going to be disappointed. I don't think so. Here are the interviews first on my SiriusXM show, show, Sam Roberts Show. Get a SiriusXM free trial. You can listen online, live starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday on Opie Radio, XM 103, Series 206. Of course, some of the content will be repurposed here on the podcast. I'm going to be interviewing some other people while I'm out there, hopefully, God willing, getting a lot of work done for both the Sirius XM Sam Roberts Show and this here wrestling podcast. So a lot is going to be happening out there, and everybody's favorite uh, partner of mine, my wrestling partner in crime, Katie Linendahl, will be out there with me. So, it's going to be a blast. Uh, this week, a lot to talk about. WrestleMania is days away. The go-home Raw is over. No Monday Night Raw left before WrestleMania. The build for this pay-per-view, well, we've just about reached the top of it. And it ended with a tug-of-war over the championship title belt. So be it. I got the chance to talk to Jamie Josta from Hate Breed. Jamie Josta has uh, his own podcast called The Jamie Josta Show. Of course, he's a singer from Hate Breed. He's got a band, I believe, called Josta. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. You can see everything he's doing. This guy keeps busy. He's always working on something else. But aside from being a, a legend and a god in metal, he's a wrestling fan as well. He's fallen off a little bit. So I thought this week would be the perfect week to talk to Jamie, catch him up on everything that's going on in WWE right now as we head toward WrestleMania, and it'd be an excuse for us to talk about it. So here it is, WrestleMania week special. Guest on the podcast is Jamie Josta from the band Hatebreed. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Jamie Josta is here in studio. Yeah. From Hatebreed. You grew up a wrestling fan, right? Yeah. Now, I, I meet a lot of people. We're days away now from WrestleMania. And you find a lot of people, especially our age, that will leave wrestling but kind of start paying attention again between, like, Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, it'll just start to pop back up on the radar. Are you – I mean, obviously, you're touring with Hatebreed all the time. So you can't be that – active right of a viewer but what what are your viewing habits it's hard to catch raw because that's usually the day off where the last thing you want to be doing is sitting in front of a tv Mm -hmm. you know like that's like if if we're on tour on a monday you know you're gonna want to be like shaving shitting showering (laughs) sleeping in a hotel bed you know you probably don't want any like noise or whatever especially if you're listening to so you do just decompress i try to if i have a day off and we go because a lot of times i like to take like a hotel buyout and uh stay on the bus and then have some extra cash oh wow a lot of bands will do that and they they do that in wrestling too i i think like when they travel when they're on a tour like they'll say 
look, I'm going to sleep on the bus. Just give me the 150 bucks you would have paid for the room. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I've, I think since probably when we had the, we did a wrestling episode with Headbangers Ball where we had like Stacy, Chris Jericho, um, uh, Bubba Ray. What was he? Well, well, now now he's Bully Ray. But yeah, Bubba Ray Dudley, Stacy yeah. Keebler, yeah. Chris Jericho. Yeah, they were all on Headbangers. Uh-huh. And at that time, that was such a big episode. And this is like in the MySpace days. This is pre like right, right, right. social media uh, boom. But I got so many people stopping me on the street that saw that episode because they brought so many people. And then they had me on their like pre Raw show or whatever uh-huh. like, behind the scenes at Headbangers Ball. And, uh, and, and so, just blew it up. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I got to get back into it. And then I uh, would periodically watch, you know, into maybe like 06. And then I just was like, all right. Fell off. Yeah. I totally fell off until like maybe a year or two ago. Then you started to pop back on? Like, yeah. What's going on over With here? With CM Punk because everybody yeah. started telling me, you know, he's into hardcore. He's into metal. And I was like, no way. And so I started checking it out and, and getting involved. And It's so weird what's happened with CM Punk because it seems like he's this guy who has – he loves wrestling and he loves music. And all these musicians that he grew up into, he's now getting into wrestling. Because yeah. like Lars from Rancid is a huge wrestling fan now. Yeah. And like all these guys that he's just a kid – now they're going, oh, I keep hearing about this CM Punk guy. Yeah. So that's, he, what, that's what it was for you. He brought a lot of eyes back on it, yeah. And then he got other wrestlers, I think, in the, into the music. Because I know, like, Seth Rollins has uh, tweeted about Hatebreed. And um, there's been a bunch, you know. So when you get stuff like that, it makes you want to be like, this is cool. Let me see what these guys are doing. Because if I'm a fan of what they're doing, it's going to make it cooler that they're a fan of what I'm doing. Well, and also, the, you, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. And so then those kids are psyched because a lot of times wrestling fans are viewed as, like, outsiders. Mm-hmm. And I know that feeling because that's how I was when I was a kid. When I liked, you know, Jimmy Superfly Snooka and Junkyard Dog and, uh, you know, Hacksaw Jim. I mean, I remember my neighbor, like, trying to steal my 12-inch rubber, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan doll. And it was like a fight over this i was like you can't you know you, you'll never take my my hacksaw doll and then i remember it like got thrown up on my garage roof like during an argument and i had to go up on the roof and get it and i was telling my father this the other day and he's like that doll is probably still on the roof over there <laughs> like, dad it's not a doll it's an action figure. it's an action figure exactly but you know i know that feeling of being like an outsider from not just being a wrestling fan as a kid, but also being into hardcore and punk. Like, people go, oh, you listen to that Kill Your Mother music. Oh, you watch these sweaty, right. tanned, jacked guys laying on each other. You know, people... Well, yeah, it is a weird thing, because you can't explain wrestling to non-wrestling fans. And when you call your band hate breed, <laughs> you're like, well, it's not what you think it is, but I'm not going to bother explaining it. Right. Either you're into it or you're not. Yeah. Like, I'm not actually a monger of hate. Right. But if you think I am, so be it. What can I do at this point? Yeah, and, and with wrestling, it's like, look, it's a soap opera for, for men. But a lot of women are into it now. Yeah. And it's completely changed since when I was a kid. And now, I mean, Impact is doing great stuff. NXT is doing great stuff. WWE is doing great stuff. So you have options. It's just like any other you know, form of storytelling or, or form of entertainment. You have options out there. And if you have a character that you uh, feel some sort of, um, you know... Yeah, bond with, kinship with. Yeah. Yes, then then it, it makes, you know, that hour or two hours or how long is Raw now? Three, three hours, hours Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Which you better feel some major kinship <laughs> towards one of these guys if you're going to last all three hours. Yeah, like what's your favorite, like, current storyline, like, that they have going? Because um, you got to school me on this stuff. Because I, yeah, I mean, I am going to buy the pay per view online. I'm going to be in South Africa, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to buy it so I can watch it in the hotel. Do they have the WWE Network in South Africa yet? Well, I'm gonna just going to do it on my on thing, and hopefully there's no like region restriction. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, the Triple H Sting stuff has been good. It's been a weird build up to this year's WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, mainly because Roman Reigns. Wins the Royal Rumble. See, here's the story with Roman Reigns. Roman yeah. Reigns is going to beat Brock because he has to. Well. Because of the contract. But now people are saying Brock may have resigned. Oh. So, and Brock, I everybody is saying, because Brock Lesnar, 
three weeks ago or so, legit walked out of Raw. Yeah. Like, not storyline walked out, was scheduled to be there. Before the show, Vince and Brock went into some kind of contract negotiation. This is all, you know, internet hearsay. I wasn't there, but this is the story. They went into contract negotiation before Raw. Something got heated, and Brock left and went home before the show. Wow. And so he wasn't on the show. And Dana White was on a jet. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That was the Monday before the UFC show on on the Saturday that Brock was in the audience of. The Anthony Pettis. When he was wearing that, you know, plaid suit or whatever it was that Brock Lesnar was wearing. Oh, right. No, it was the one, uh, yeah, because he was the went most back, recent one. He went backstage and they showed him real quick backstage. Yes. yes. Was, I think it was, no, I think it was the one before the one with Anthony Pettis. I think it was the one that Tony Ferguson fought on because Brock was a coach of Tony Ferguson. And he's back there and people are going, what's going on yeah. here? And Dana's um, in the press like, He's under contract. I can't talk to him about that. <laughs> Dana, Dana's so good. Dana He's is, good. Him and Vince. If you get Dana White and Vince McMahon face-to-face in a room together, I can't imagine who wins. I mean... I can't imagine. It's the it's the alpha male showdown. They're by far the two best CEOs of all time. Ever, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, and no two CEOs would spout off at the mouth and tell their truth, their truth, not the truth, their truth... More than Dana White and Vince McMahon do. And the micromanaging. Yes. They know exactly what their product is. They know what it should be. You know, I knew Dana White was Vince McMahon level when Brock Lesnar was fighting for Dana. And Brock Lesnar cuts that promo after his fight because he goes, this is how performers make money. And he cuts a promo and he says he has no respect for his opponent that he just beat. And he shits on the sponsor. He goes, and I'm not, I don't even, I drink Coors Light because Bud Light's not paying me. And I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. But you knew Dana White had Vince McMahon level power. Because then he was out there with the Bud Light at the... 20 minutes later. (laughs) At the press conference. He's at the press conference apologizing with a bottle of Bud Light. And I'm going, my God. God, the power Dana yeah. White has. See, I knew the power when the first, when I found out the first tough was a time buy. I go, because that used to happen in the music industry. Right. Like, and I don't want to name bands or labels, but there used to be like infomercials for like video shows that would pop up on certain channels at like six in the morning. Uh-huh. And, but it was like a video show where you've seen all these bands. And you're like, who's these bands? What are they? But it was the labels paying for a time buy. Right. It was actually an infomercial. Right. But Disguised it looked like a show. As a show. Exactly. And so The Ultimate Fighter was an infomercial? The first season was a time buy. Yeah. They and that was to... on like Spike TV. That was a great season. That was probably the best season. Absolutely. Because they were in the house. Yep. Josh Koscheck and Chris Weidman were yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Or uh, Chris uh, Lieb. Lieb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was With a the t- red hair. My God. What? Why is his name escaping? It's blanking just, me, too. I he was so that. good on TV. I want to say Lieberman, but it's not. It's, uh, I, it's, It'll I, come to I one just of us saw, as we Yeah, go. I just saw him fight, too, like one of his last fights against uh, Derek Brunson. You want to know uh, uh, something that I've heard that not a lot of people know? What's that? That same time-by thing? That might be how ECW got on TV. Really? In the old days when they were on late at night on, like, MSG or whatever? Yeah. That was infomercial time. I could totally see that. That's why there were never commercials. That's why it was always advertising for their own T-shirts and their own videos. Yeah. Because technically, it was set it and forget it. It was. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's a great business model. There's a there's like a couple hunting shows that are like that where I've seen like late at night. On, yeah. Uh, where they edit it themselves and put it together themselves, and then they sell the advertising. And so they're the production company, and they do the time buy. Right. And so it's actually a really smart business it is model. Smart. Uh, but for sure, Brock, you know, brought so many eyes to the UFC, and now CM Punk is going to bring so many eyes to the UFC. Yeah, that it's just fun for both. You can be both. Like, a, absolutely, I'm not one of these people that are like, oh, I love boxing and I hate MMA, and I love wrestling and I hate MMA. It's no, two I- different. It's, they fill two different voids. Yeah, it's two different forms of escapism. It's two different products. It's like listening to metal and pop music. Like, yeah. you can do both. Yeah, people you- like punk, death metal, and hardcore. Right. You know, like, listen, I have Rob Zombie's logo and name tattooed on my arm. <laughs> I love that. And I know all the words to the last Sia song that came out. Yeah. So 
we are multidimensional human beings, and it's okay. Yeah. And but, I, like, with boxing, everybody yeah. says, oh, what the fuck? You, you know, boxing, none of the greatest guys are going to fight either, each other because it's corrupt and this and that. But there are some matchups that are compelling. It's just like I would go see WrestleMania. I want to go see Klitschko fight Bryant Jennings at MSG. And everybody is going to be tuned in to see Mayweather and Pacquiao. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a super fight. But so do you know kind of the story? So that's a real-life story of Brock Lesnar. So so they were apparently negotiating a contract. He was unhappy. He walked out. We had, Nobody really knows for sure. People were saying he might have been trying to negotiate that he could do UFC and WWE at the same time. Wow. Whether he wants to, whether he doesn't, whether Vince or Dana would let that happen. Who knows? That would be next level stuff. Yeah. I mean, that would be incredible. But we'll see. I mean, it would, you know, I, there's there's positives in the sense that it would just bring eyes, bring eyes, bring eyes. But at the same time, if he goes to UFC where there are legit fights and loses, he'll look weaker as a WWE champion. And if he possibly, yeah. Yeah. And if unless it's a straight up killer. Right. If, if he loses to like Roy Nelson who maybe WWE fans don't view as well, like a this, bigger draw, a big draw. I'm, but but M- hardcore MMA fans know that this dude, Roy Nelson, is a fucking killer. But I mean, WWE fans don't know that. All right. WWE fans know is the story. He got beat up by a fat guy with a mullet. Exactly. <laughs> I was watching Roy Nelson a, a, a couple weeks ago. He's, he's yeah, amazing. He's a tough motherfucker. He's amazing. We brought this guy on tour with us. Uh, Roy l- Nelson? No, uh, oh. a little, uh, um, this, I mean, he's very short guy. Um, this guy, Caesar, He he's a jiu-jitsu um, trainer and and uh, he he had some amateur fights and so having rolled with this guy and had my knee cranked or my neck cranked i i give these guys a lot of respect because i don't want to have to go do a show after rolling and this guy's small and he has the strength of like a freaking chimpanzee i mean it's like but wrestling fans don't understand that right and so I people go, oh well, you know, why don't you know all you hardcore guys, all you metal guys, why don't you guys train? Well, try going to sing a show after you've bruised your rib even <laughs> like a tiny bit, you know, or you've had your arm right. cranked in the other direction. It sucks. So a guy like Brock, who's older than me, I think, I think he's thirty nine, mm-hmm. who's gone through diver- diverticulitis, diverticulitis and other injuries throughout his football and wrestling career, the fact that he would step into the ring with some of these killers, I mean, that is a tough motherfucker he's unstoppable but the story that we as wrestling fans have been given because it's stories in wrestling and the story is brock lesnar is unstoppable and until they pick the guy to stop him he has to remain unstoppable right because you know you don't let a guy beat he beat the undertaker's wrestlemania streak you know about the undertaker's wrestlemania so he he beat that's the biggest win anybody's ever had in wrestling i would say Okay. To beat the Undertaker streak is bigger than any world title. He was twenty-one and zero oh at WrestleMania. Yeah. The Undertaker just came in. He beat Brock Lesnar comes out of nowhere because everybody was thinking what you're thinking. This is a part-time guy. He's probably going to leave after this. You know, Undertaker's obviously going to win. And Brock Lesnar gets one, two, three, a clean victory. Yeah. And for me, last year I was at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I got to sit up in the friends and family box. And I got this. Wow. Yeah, and I got to, a lot of the roster was up there by then because I was late in the card. Okay. And they had wrestled their matches, and they go up and they sit in the box with their family. Yeah. And they they're kind of watching, but they're not really because a lot of guys socializing. Are, yeah, they're socialized. They're not. They're you know they're not they're kind of jaded by the product now because they're just there every day and right. whatever. Um. But to watch the roster, the active roster guys go jaws drop. <laughs> yes. Like what? just happened did he just did the undertaker just lose it broke the internet i it, remember my, everything was my broken. feed it was <laughs> my twitter feed was just, right like yeah. i can't believe this so you can't give a guy a victory like that because that's what it is you're giving victories in pro wrestling you can't give a guy a victory like that only for him to look weak in the ufc yeah. and have wrestling fans not take him seriously anymore because you just wasted that moment potentially but it's set up this year yeah. so nicely if you think about it because now like someone like me who's on the kind of like peripheral like edge, mm-hmm. like I'm thinking, well, what are they going to do with Taker now? Well, Taker's back to fight, face Bray Wyatt, right? But which, so, but what are they going to do? Are right. they going? Is he, like? Well, he, I think he's going to lose even, again. That's even more intriguing, right? Because now he can lose, right? But he will he? Because he it's very difficult to make him lose. Yeah. So I think it's even the Undertaker match is even more intriguing. And did you listen to Bray Wyatt's uh, podcast with? Uh, 
Stone Cold? Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. Right. So, I mean, it's 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 this is the first time, and even though it's scripted, there you really, you, dude. I've interviewed Bray Wyatt before, and he's not bluffing. Like he drifts in and out of character in his life. Like yeah. that's him. Yes. Like there's not Wyndham Rotunda and Bray Wyatt are have molded, molded together together. Yeah. Which is we haven't really seen that happen since the Undertaker. Right. You know what I mean? Since this this guy is kind of because you could say Stone Cold is Stone Cold, but it's not this sort of deep dark character right it's just stone cold was an extension of himself whereas undertaker bray wyatt these are guys who have created these sort of amazing dark characters and molded them into their own personalities where you're not exactly sure where one ends yeah. and the other begins and you don't get to really go behind the curtain right there is no behind the curtain i've yeah. been behind the curtain and and there it, it doesn't exist yeah it's, i gotta listen to the jericho one he had Jericho had him on. Had Bray on? I think so. Yeah. So I gotta I gotta listen to that too because now they have men in their late thirties like me talking about who's gonna win a scripted freaking match. It's genius. It's and that's why people don't. This is a show. It's TV. It's the same way you'd be like, what the fuck is gonna happen to Walter White? Yeah. Do you think they're gonna kill? <laughs> people still argue. Did they really kill Tony Soprano? And the answer or is, was it a dream? The answer is they turn the cameras off. It's fake. Yeah. But you can't say that about dramas. Right. You can say that about wrestling, but for, it's all – it's what it is. And, 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 and that – but so, so – But back to Brock and Roman Reigns. Yes. Roman Reigns is not a compelling character to me. Well, here's the thing. Roman Reigns is his, – his thing has been so interesting to me as just sort of an, an, an analyst who watches everything. So you got Brock Lesnar now who, yeah – on paper, you'd say he's definitely going to lose because he's not under contract and he's a part-time guy and this is it for him. But this might not actually be it for him. Right. So now that makes it more compelling. What happened with Roman Reigns is a year ago, Roman Reigns was white hot. Yeah. Last year's Royal Rumble. Not this year's Royal Rumble, but last year's Royal Rumble. He was eliminating guys and people were flipping out for him. Yeah. His faction, The Shield, breaks up. Yep. And people are going nuts for Roman Reigns is, is he's the man. He's awesome. And he got injured. He had a hernia. And he kind of disappeared from TV. And then he popped back onto TV just doing promos as if to say I'm coming back. But his I'm coming back promos were kind of eh, kind of weak. Wishy-washy. Wishy-washy. And while he was gone, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, all these guys start rising, and, yeah. and, and we're going, these guys are cool. So Reigns comes, I mean, yeah, so Roman Reigns comes back, and he's like, I'm entering into the Royal Rumble. And the audience was kind of like, uh, you right. know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. I don't know, we don't... We the don't, attention span is so short exactly. the audience. And it started to feel more and more like the audience started to realize, because like I said, you know, on your podcast, the audience... A lot of the audience is more interested in the business. In the business, I know, it's not like so much the story, which doesn't make any sense. I know. But what happened was the audience started to feel like, okay, this feels like they made this plan when we liked Roman Reigns, right? And they're not acknowledging that we don't like him anymore, and they want to dictate. They're dictating now, and you know, as a performer, like you can't. You know, I'm sure you want to go out there and you want to play the new stuff because that's the stuff you like. Yeah. There's songs you don't like anymore because you played them over and over again. But you know if you go up there and you do a show and you don't play the songs that people pay their money to see, eventually you're going to get a reputation as a douchebag and people aren't going to come see your – they're yeah. not going to come see just the new stuff. And a lot of the times those people that just want the old stuff, they're the vocal minority. Right. Because it's you can't please everyone. No. And, and I actually just got Twitter hate the other night. For last night, for our set at South by So What, people are like, too much old stuff. <laughs> You're going, I go, what? I'm trying, I did this for you. The weeks leading up to it, every <laughs> tweet was, they better play this, they better play that, they better play the first album. So we do like nine songs off the first album, then people are Twittering me like, why wouldn't you promote the most recent album? And I'm like... Because then you start to realize, oh, people only complain. So all the people that were enjoying it just weren't saying anything. Right. And I same thing in wrestling. Yeah. You know, like and, and I saw this at the egg like at the time of CM Punk's exit, it 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 kind of really built up Daniel Bryant up, right? Because he was he really 
kind of started to shine after that. He had a lane. Yes. Right? And so you would see him trending on Twitter. You were you were compelled with his storylines and everything. But how long can that really last? Right. You have to have other guys because those guys got to sell T-shirts. Those guys got to sell tickets. Yeah. You have to build everybody up. And, and there's got to be somebody for Daniel Bryan to face. Right. That's- and there's got to be there's got to be somebody who's right is nipping at his heels. And you're like, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan's the man, but I kind of like that guy too. Do you like Fandango? I loved Fandango because <laughs> he looks just like my tour manager. We Does would, he? Yeah, we would break this guy's balls. I got to give him a shout out, Aaron Patrick. His you know, nickname is Bubble. He's he's played like he's filled in for bass and in Flames and Devil Driver, and he played in my other uh, side project, Kingdom of Sorrow. And we, he looks just like Fandango. I mean, I also fall victim to like getting to know people, and then those just become my favorites. Yeah. Because Fandango came up here two WrestleManias ago. Okay. Fandango came up to the radio studio in full gimmick. Tights. No way. Vest. And he came in and he dropped off tickets to WrestleMania and he and he danced in the room <laughs> and we played his music for him and everything and he was in character. And I was like, anybody who has that level of commitment to this thing is the man. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I love Fandango. I wish, you know. And what's his match? It's, uh... I think he's in the Andre... The Memorial giant Battle Royale. Royal. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Yeah. So Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble and Philly. I was at the Royal Rumble in Philly. Okay. And Philly is the most like I feel like everybody on Twitter is from Philly. Yeah. Because that I love that it. energy is in Philly. And I love it too. I love Was it Camden or Philly? No, it was Philly. Okay. Um and so Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble. Halfway through the Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan gets eliminated. Like, halfway through. And immediately, the energy just dies in the building. Yes. Like, what? Are you... What? Yeah. (laughs) And so the energy's dead, but there's still this vibe of, like, you know, there's a rumor that The Rock's here. Maybe he's going to win the Royal Rumble. What if Dean Ambrose wins the Royal Rumble? What if Dolph Ziggler wins the Royal Rumble? So there's still... It's not... Some people say that everybody just died. Now, they wouldn't have been happy unless Daniel Bryan wins, which I don't think is true. I was there. Yeah. And there was a vibe of Rock as a surprise or Ziggler or Ambrose or one of these things that we didn't see coming. Yeah. Problem was it was exactly what we saw coming. Yep. Roman Reigns wins, and then the Rock's surprise is that he just comes out and puts his hand up in the air. But if you go and if – did you see the end of the Royal Rumble? No. You've seen a, the Rock stuff before. Yeah. Go online okay. before WrestleMania. Okay. And look at the Rock as he raises Roman Reigns' hand in the air, and the audience is booing, because the Rock has this look on his face like, "What is this sound? Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with this. I don't understand." Because they thought that the Rock has enough clout that he can get anyone over. Right. So we're going to send Rock out there, and the Rock did not couldn't no. even the Rock couldn't do it, and the Rock has this look on his face like. Oh, my God. Because you can try to predict the trends, but you can't cause them. No, you can't dictate trends. Right. You can be like, okay, this is where it's going, not this is where it's going because we're pushing it there. Right. It doesn't happen. Right, because look at all these bands. It's the same thing in music. Right. You can take out as many full-page ads and billboards as you want. If If there isn't a real spark or a real buzz, perception does not become reality always. You have to be able to see... You have to see the spark. You can't cause the spark. You have to see the spark and act on it immediately. Yeah. And then ride the wave. Yep. That's really all you can do. It's in music. It's in wrestling. It's in any entertainment. So who's at, like, cruising altitude now? Like, who's a guy that's, like, that they could, that has a real legit buzz that they could put over and the audience would be psyched? I mean, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, You know, you hate to sound like a broken record, but... I know. What the fuck are they waiting for? Daniel Bryan is kind of – and I don't know. It's because he injured his neck. They gave him the push last year. Yeah. And because the same thing happened last year. They gave Batista the Royal Rumble victory. I know. People were so mad. They got so pissed. Were, and I love Dave. Like He's responded to me on Twitter. Uh-huh. I'm so happy for his success because I know how hard it is. He takes all these auditions. And, yeah. And he really worked hard. But they started calling him Batista. I know. <laughs> I know it. Go, it just goes to show that, like, yeah. that's how hardcore wrestling fans are. Like, look, it's isn't it weird that in life, it doesn't matter what profession that you're in, if you get to be too successful, yep. then it's it starts to turn, and that we see that a lot in music, where it's like it's not overexposure, but it's like uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Absolutely. Like, if if I'm gonna go see this same band over and over again, you better give me a new show, but it can't be too different, right? And right. they're like, well, okay, I have to figure out how to keep satisfying the audience without doing something different, 
but without giving them the exact same thing. Right. And they're like, well, we got all these, you know, kids that only know Drax. So we're going to bring Batista back. Right. And he's going to bring this whole young generation that knows him as Drax. But and a bunch of and you know what the real problem is that men 25 and older are loud. Yes. And you hear those voices in an arena. So if it's like, yay, who are you listening to? I know. You're not listening. Yay. That's that. Boo. That's what you, you I want. Was, these boos. Right. I was at the Prudential Center um, and uh, we I went with Danny from Biohazard. We took his three sons. We had a great time. Sam Punk comes out mm-hmm. and the place goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And their shirts. I mean, that was the night where I think he sold more shirts than John Cena. Mm-hmm. I mean, his shirts were everywhere. And I saw kids in mad ball shirts, bad brains, rants, yeah. hate breed. I mean, he brought a crowd. And it's amazing because he's so public about what he's into. And, and some of those kids, they don't know who, yeah. who any of these bands are. They're like, oh, this is what punk listens to? This is what I want to listen to. Absolutely. And so then when Cena came out, Danny's kids are younger. They couldn't. They were going, yeah, they were loving it. They loved John Cena. Yeah. But the boos. And are they looking around like, why well, don't understand? Why are they booing him? Yes. Yes. And they don't get it because they're like, it's John Cena, my hero. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> He's a good guy. Why yes. don't you boo him? Yes. Yeah. And that's, what, that's, that's the territory that Roman Reigns is in right now. Now, I've always had the opinion that they changed WrestleMania last year because of just the fan outrage. They they messed up, and they were like, we got to fix this, and they fixed it. Yeah. And WrestleMania last year was one of the best of all time. Daniel Bryan ended up going to the main event. Yeah. They, they told the story in a way that it was actually even better, uh, and he ended up winning the title, and, and, it, yeah. and it turned into this kind of magic WrestleMania thing. I think I was in Holland, and I was just refreshing my Twitter. Like, we were driving through, and I just remember... Ref- and it's, you just know, this- trying to get the results and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I remember just seeing, like, it just was crazy. It was amazing. So this year, when I mean, I saw this happening at the Royal Rumble. And I, I from from the time of the Rumble until now, yeah, I've said you cannot change the main event to WrestleMania again. Because as much as you can't dictate the trends, I feel like on some subliminal level, the fans have to have some kind of security in the people that are writing this show. Right, And if we fans see that we can dictate the results, that we just keep changing, like if we boo whoever, if we boo whoever wins this one, they're going to change that. And we're going to yeah. change. It's like having kids and letting them choose their bedtime. Yep. Well, then can we also choose our allowance? <laughs> can we eat whatever we want? Can then? we come can home we... whenever we want? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and on some level, so in my mind, I said the mission now is you – have to deliver this main event, but make it work. Like, yeah. now let's see what you got. Make Roman Reigns somebody we want to see. Make this thing work. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's there. I don't I don't know if it's, if it's there either because I look at myself as, like, I can be won over. Right. And that buzz should be traveling to you. Yeah. Because you're interested in wrestling. You should have time to watch every single week. Right. And I, it should, I should be able to feel something. Right. And go, you know, oh, I have a... I have a kinship, like you right. said. Like you know? you're feeling stuff about the Bray Wyatt Undertaker match. You're interested in that. Absolutely. You want to see what happens with that. Even Sting yeah. Triple H. Sting Triple H. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 I like when they bring out the old guys. Like I like when they like when um when I went to that one uh, where where uh, CM actually Jericho I think hooked us up with the tickets and um and CM Punk was there. I remember like Great Kali came out and I always liked him. <laughs> and I asked, I asked, uh, I asked uh, Jericho on my podcast. I'm like, does he have a fake leg? Because one, I swear, one leg looks like it's like a prosthetic. It's much like thinner than the other. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he's like, no, not that I know. It's a real. But I think just from all the injuries and just being so big. Well, you imagine how bad those knees have to be. Oh my god! But like, um, so I I saw like in one of the maybe it's the Andre the Giant Memorial match or or maybe it's but uh but they're gonna bring out um. What's his name? The the black dude, the 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 world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Mark Henry, and I'm like, see, that's I like the like the the old school guys that are still around. Mark Henry, Kane, Big Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah that that's in the whole match right? in the battle royal. Yeah, all of them are in the entree battle royal. Do you like battle royals? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. And uh and uh, Big Show, what did uh, Jericho say about him on my podcast? He's like, he's he's he's. 
he used like a way to describe his body mm-hmm. that like he wouldn't like like <laughs> if he told him but he's like he's like he's like very like torso heavy and not like big <laughs> and awesome. but it's so funny like to hear these guys like talk about the body structure right because they're it's well, like because the aesthetic yes and they know how they look on tv they know they're i was so just, aware yes Punk was just saying in an interview that one of the toughest things has been he's rolling around and he's kind of, you know, when you wrestle, it's not terribly dissimilar from stunt fighting where you're leaning into a punch and you're, you know, you're allowing somebody to get on top of you because it makes for a better, compelling fight. Yes. And Punk, being in UFC, has to break himself of creating a compelling fight. You can't listen to the audience. Right. You can't create a compelling story in the octagon. You just have to try to knock that guy unconscious before yeah. he breaks your face. And you have to get leaner. You yeah. Have to cut weight. Because it's not about looking strong. Right. Don't bulk up. Which is something that people have noticed that Brock Lesnar has cut weight. Yeah. And how do wrestling fans feel about that? They must be like, he's looking smaller. What's going well, on? See, this is why what, what the direction I think they should have gone in with Roman Reigns is that wrestling fans have every reason to hate Brock Lesnar. The problem is Paul Heyman... Is beloved by everyone. And he's maybe arguably the best of all time on a microphone. Yeah. Arguably. I mean, he can talk people into a building like nobody else. Yeah. And so the fact that you have Brock Lesnar uh, being represented by Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman going on TV and telling us every week, here's why Brock Lesnar is the man and he's going to destroy Roman Reigns. You find, you're like, yeah, that's true. He is going to do that. I know. And I then, love that he's billed, like, right next to Brock Lesnar. Like, he's he's in the billing. Yeah. So it's... Brock Lesnar <laughs> with Paul Heyman. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, don't worry, Paul will be here, too. Yeah. He's a main event guy. He has to be billed. Right. But so, in my mind, I'm like, okay, you have that much now. People already don't like Roman Reigns. Yeah. Plus, you've got the Paul Heyman factor. Plus, Brock Lesnar is just badass. Yeah. Wrestling fans have every reason to not like Brock Lesnar. See, we need to get you in a meeting with Impact, and because I, I want to be like, I, I want to go to Impact, and I want to be like a Paul Heyman. I want to just like <laughs> talk like, people, yeah. And I want to, I'll be the manager. Yeah, but I really want to be the manager. Uh-huh. Like I really want to like do the merchandise, have a set deal. So you want to be his actual manager? Yes. Like you, let's like you know Jimmy Hart is actually Hulk Hogan's manager. Yes. Manager, manager. Yes. That's crazy. That's what I want to be with like Gunner or like one of these guys that I really like uh-huh. in Impact because I feel like they like we could do that. Like right. it's actually possible. And then like you can do like interviews with the, your podcast and have a synergy there. We should get you a meeting with them because there, there are times where art will imitate life and that life can actually be art right and that's you know right. and, and and that's 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 pro wrestling is this sort of lack of a boundary between performance and reality yeah it's just all a thing yeah like it, it is kind of real like all these guys you know i have lots of wrestlers that are friends I call them by their wrestler names almost exclusively. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? None of these but guys. But I could see you totally being like, look, hey, my guy's not talking. I'm fucking here. I'm talking for him. Yeah. And, you, well, you and I can represent different people. Yes. Just You and I can just argue. <laughs> yeah, we can have a back and yeah. forth. Over I mean, we could talk people into buildings. For sure. Definitely. Absolutely. And I've been able to, like, have a captive audience for 20 years now. Why can't I go on TV? Right. Even if it's 40 shows or something. Like, look at this Kurt Angle thing. Like, right. he wins the championship, heavyweight championship. And he he's out there publicly saying, like, look, I'm signed on for another 40 shows. We'll see what happens. Maybe this is my last year. But now all the diehard Kurt Angle fans are psyched because they know out of the next 365 days of the year, right? every, like, whatever, 40 of those weeks, you might see him. You might see Kurt. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of these guys that are out there that have a draw uh-huh. that they could scoop up that I'm like, let me manage one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can talk for him. Right? Yeah. But that's why... I mean, if I were Roman Reigns' mouthpiece, I'd say, listen, Roman Reigns has been here. You've watched him grow. He was born and raised here with the WWE universe. He's not working four times a year. Yeah. He's working every day. Yeah. He wants to bring that world title back into the buildings that you're into. He wants to defend the world title back on the shows that you're paying to watch. You're paying to watch pay-per-views. Yeah. And your champion isn't showing up for him. He needs a Paul Ro- Heyman doing that. Or a Sam Roberts. Right. 
I love it. But doesn't that work for you a little bit? Like, let me tell you why Brock Lesnar is yeah. a scumbag. Yeah. And then the wrestling fan. Yeah. Brock you didn't Les- make us a priority, Brock. Right. You're like, oh, let me go make millions over here in a right. different organization. I don't know if you guys know this, but get Brock Lesnar's book. He doesn't care about wrestling or wrestling fans. Yeah. And it's like that should be the ultimate sin, right? I know. Regardless of how awesome you are, and I will always watch a Brock Lesnar match, and he is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Without a doubt. But he had legit wrestling cred coming in. Yes. And so fans, first of all, you know what's weird about wrestling too is like these are kids that they don't identify with the jocks. No. They don't identify with the guy who's actually doing high school or collegiate wrestling. I mean, let's be honest. Most of them can't even fight. Right. You know? And you know what's really crazy, too, is like that they, those people who do collegiate and high school wrestling, they don't like WWE. They're like, that's fake shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) MMA guys and collegiate wrestlers hate pro wrestling. Yeah. But Kurt Angle, yeah, but but you talk sh- about Kurt, it, it took him like meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting to even understand the concept of why he would even fathom entering this business. Yeah. And he was on the MMA Hour. He had a great interview on there. Uh-huh. And he had said like uh, UFC, you know, came to him, said be on tough. and But he had like a four-week window. And... Uh, can you imagine? Oh, man. Because he probably would have been dominant because you have to have I think a he would have been dominant. Wrestling is now really, like, dictating the yeah. matches. Like, yeah. if your wrestling is strong, if you have a legit wrestling, then you can definitely have a UFC well, because career. that's how you can instantaneously get somebody down on the ground. Yep. And because collegiate wrestlers have an understanding of all aspects of the body. Yeah. I know how to get your leg. I, oh, your arm's vulnerable. Grabbed your wrist. Yeah. And it's, like, that stuff that you can really utilize. If you add a little jujitsu with that... Yeah. You, you kinda... ever see, like, uh, Jericho, like... On his, on his Instagram or his Twitter, like, hey, Rhonda, you know who uh, who really made the arm bar popular? <laughs> <laughs> He'll say stuff like that. But, you know, I heard, like, backstage, like, back in the day, like, Vince would actually, like, try to, like, pull a single leg or a double leg. And, like, he'd really try to take people down. Because there's so many of those guys are all shoot wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. That they would, and that's how they learn the business, too, is, is they, back in the day, like, back when the guys that Vince was first hiring were coming up, Everybody was protecting the business, so they'd break your leg and then teach you how to wrestle. Right. Because they, if you're going to quit, they, they don't wanna, want you around. And, and they want to make sure that you think it's real. Yeah. And, and people did back then. But, okay, so, I mean, what, what, what are you most looking forward to, to, to seeing? Or what, what do you think can, will be able to, has the most potential to draw you back in to being like, you know what, let me also check out Monday? Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know about Monday, but for WrestleMania, there's so many questions that I want answered. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? And what is it? Is it forty nine ninety nine or is it fifty nine ninety nine? Well, I or mean, is it nine ninety nine a month on the app? It's nine ninety nine on the network. That's yeah. how much. But I think it's like sixty bucks or something like is that. Is it? It's so funny though. Now when they advertise pay per views, the cable companies must be going nuts because literally the commentators say, "Yeah, WrestleMania is on pay per view, but it's going to be like." Fifty nine ninety five. I don't know why you'd pay that. It's nine ninety nine on the network, and they're saying this on television. Yeah, there's some weird thing now with pay per view where I think like people are trying to go around it. Yeah, even with movies, like, what's well, controlling content? I think. Yeah, people are like, let me be in control of this content. It's like you know, working. It's it, it's working around a record label. Like, do I need a record label? Right. Or can I kind of do it myself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's the what's the what's the gain and the loss? Exactly. Well, maybe, you know. And look at Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. here you go. Here's my special. Five bucks. It's so easy. You could give it to whoever you want. He's And he ripped it open for everybody. I mean, but Louis is like, he's he's selling his special. He was the first to sell his specials by himself. He's selling his tickets without yeah. Ticketmaster. Crazy. His show, like I'm hearing, his TV show that's coming back, like he edits this thing on himself. his laptop in a car and then sends it off like he's doing the directing and the writing and the editing. It's so great. I wanted to ask Bob Kelly about that. And actually, I wanted to mention, you know, the WWE, the, the whole thing with the network. Yeah. I heard that, you know, they were taking a loss and they didn't have the subscribers that they want. But I actually feel like any press is good press because I still want to check it out. I probably will still. Have you subscribed yet? Not yet, but I'm, should. I, I think I'm going to. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And they have the whole ECW library in there? They have... All the pay-per-views, a lot of the TVs. Okay. 
They have a and they keep adding stuff. So that's why they're not just like dumping everything at once. They consistently add stuff. But they have stuff like they have stuff from Dallas in the eighties. They have wow. stuff from everything WWE you can imagine. So they have the stuff you grew up with. They have the stuff you missed. They have the stuff that's right now. They have everything. And they're putting so out documentaries that are amazing. Making just, their own content. A hundred percent making their own content. That's cool. So you could go see like some random like Iron Mike Sharp versus 100%. There are definitely Iron Mike Sharp matches. Is he alive? I think so. I hope so. That's great. I hope he listens to this podcast. (laughs) He probably does. I would root for him. I always felt bad for him. Like Jamie Jasta on the show before Iron Mike Sharp. (laughs) Kind of logic is that? They never let him win. Yeah, I know. He's got that thing on his wrist and everything. Yeah. He's hitting guys with it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they even got a countdown on the network. Oh, cool. That's the. like the I Love the 90s pop-up talking head show that I'm on. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. That's great, man. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to have to check out WrestleMania. And so then what's the, so then Raw the next night is well, going to be thing. like the aftermath of it. And people always – Raw – WrestleMania the last like three years has been a mainstream show. And you could argue last year was for wrestling fans too. But the two years before that, both John Cena Rock WrestleManias were good shows, but it left like the hardcore Twitter internet wrestling fans kind of like, meh. Yeah. So then what they do is the next night on Raw, they just blow it out. And they do this amazing show just for wrestling fans. And generally speaking, people travel from across the country to see WrestleMania. And then they stay for Raw. So you have all these, like, U.K. fans, like, a lot of U.K. fans, a lot of people from different countries, and the fans from different countries are a lot more like the Philly fans sometimes. Right. Where they'll take the whole show over. Yeah. And so they do the the, the Raw after WrestleMania is always an incredible show, and that really dictates where exactly WWE is going for the next year. So it's like a reset. Yeah. Now, here, I'm going to put this, because I want this for the record on this podcast. I don't know if I'd be thrilled if this happened, but this is something I could see happening. I could see Brock Lesnar beating Roman Reigns, keeping the title, okay, and having The Rock come out and setting up a Rock-Brock Lesnar match for one year for WrestleMania 32. Yes. WrestleMania 32 it. is in Dallas. Because the movie's in theaters Friday the 3rd, right? Right. So it's so going to getting... start this bill, <laughs> get the promo promotion. out there, and for the... WrestleMania 32, they're going to try to fit 100,000 people into yeah. a stadium. So it's got to be a giant oh show. God. they got to start promoting, I think, already. I could see them with a Rock Brock title match, I guess, Okay. leading here's, into next year. Here's my question for you. Hologram match. Mm-hmm. Who would you want to see? Well, I actually had my friend Katie Linendahl on here, and we called it a time machine match. Okay. Yeah. But um, I think— But they could do a hologram match. They could. They need to. If we could have a Tupac hologram at Coachella, why can't we have an Ultimate Warrior versus Andre the Giant hologram match? I would put—I would probably put person versus hologram. Really? Or you know what? (laughs) I'd probably need a hologram because Punk's not coming back. My hologram match would be hologram CM Punk— Versus hologram Macho Man Randy Savage. I don't think you could beat that. Holy shit. And Punk would be like, those motherfuckers. I didn't tell them they could use my hologram. (laughs) But we could get around Punk, you know, not coming back. And Macho Man being dead. And we could finally see the match in their crowd. WrestleMania 3, Randy Savage versus, you know, CM Punk. That's you need to pitch this for WrestleMania 32, right? Get the that holograms. Next year. next year will be 32, next year will be 32 right? in Dallas. The hologram match, or you know what? Yeah, or you could even do well. Well, yeah, the live aspect. You could do guys who aren't in the promotion <laughs> as holograms, like, right? Like there you go. If we're Brock, not going to sign this guy, we own his image. Yeah. So. If Brock leaves to go to UFC, do it the same night as the the big UFC Brock, right? Rock Brock hologram match. We don't need to hire you guys anymore. 
Well, thanks for coming by the podcast, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, if anybody wants to uh, tweet me and shoot the shit about wrestling, <laughs> it's at Jamie Josta, and uh, check out my podcast. I'm actually going to have a bunch of, hopefully I'll have a bunch of Impact guys on my podcast, too. We'll see about WWE, guys. It's uh, it's a matter of, you know, Jericho or, or CM Punk or someone putting in the good word with the guys that they're you know, yeah. tight with, but I want to get, I want to try to get, you gotta come to a show with me. I'll introduce you to everybody. That'd be great. I would love to. Yeah. 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 Here is Sam Roberts. Great guest, Jamie Josta from hate breed. Make sure you check out all his stuff and his podcast. I'll be a guest on his podcast this week, the Jamie Josta show. So, uh, look him up on Twitter and find his website and Google it and subscribe to his podcast as much as you subscribe to this one. Don't forget to get yourself Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast t-shirts. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Sam Roberts. Order yourself a What's the Haps or a Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast or a Not Sam t-shirt because I want to see you this week in San Jose with some Sam Roberts merch on. It's going to make me feel good, and that's why I want to do it. Let's get into it. Here it is, this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Kind of covered a lot of ground for the state of wrestling during the uh, interview portion of today's show. It's a special WrestleMania show, so of course we're going to do that. Listen, the ending of this week's Raw was not great. A lot of parts on Raw were great. The Bray Wyatt promo, terrific. I can't wait for that Bray Wyatt-Undertaker match. As I said to Jamie, maybe my most anticipated match this year at WrestleMania. I'm sure the Sting-Triple H match will be good. That I feel like that... I, the build has been fine for that match. The segment's always exciting. I don't think you even need to build that match. Just write it down. As soon as we all found out that Sting was going to... You could have just made the match at Survivor Series when Sting did his run-in and then had the match at WrestleMania. That's really... Once we're there, the fact that Sting's walking down the aisle and wrestling in a WWE ring, that's the draw for that one. I just hope, and I tweeted it, and I, I, I felt the love from the podcast listeners who were tweeting right along with me, and they have the same concern. Sting, for the love of all that is holy, there is no way what's going on underneath your shirt can be as embarrassing as seeing you in a T-shirt. Do not, Sting. Do not wrestle in a T-shirt. You're not there. It's embarrassing. Don't wrestle in a T-shirt. Go back. Remember when Sting first was the Crow Sting? And he didn't wrestle in a tank top. He wrestled in like that full torso covering thing with shoulder pads on it. It covered his entire chest. You can get one of those that's tight enough to hold everything in if everything is not great. Do not wrestle in a t-shirt, Sting. It will, if Sting wrestles in a t-shirt, it will ruin WrestleMania 31. The whole show will be ruined if Sting wrestles in a t-shirt. Now, I don't know how Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns ends in a satisfying way. You know, you heard me. I predicted with Jamie Josta earlier that we could easily have a rock run in and have a rock Brock set up for next year. I, It'll be cool to see the rock. It's always cool to see the rock. I won't be excited. How could I be? You know, I, I just, I don't see Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania. I don't think, I think it could very well happen the night after WrestleMania. I don't see it happening at WrestleMania. I don't see them taking their number one bad guy and having WrestleMania end with his face. It just generally isn't done, and I don't see them turning Seth Rollins' baby face. I just don't. He's too good of a heel. They might turn Roman Reigns' heel as well, but I don't think Seth Rollins is going baby face. So I don't know exactly how WrestleMania ends. I want, out of principle, for Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns to be the last match on the show— but this is what I'm talking about. This is why I don't think WWE needs all these part-timers. I just don't. Because this is what happens. What do you, You've got Sting, Triple H, Bray Wyatt, Undertaker, even Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Your three biggest singles matches on the show. And they don't really have any ramifications after WrestleMania. Undertaker's not going to be around. Sting's not going to be around. Lesnar's not going to be around. So none of that really takes us anywhere. There's no optimism. And the reason everything got fudged up between Lesnar and Reigns is even with Reigns winning, even if he wins clean and he just walks out of there with the title, 
the audience doesn't hasn't really shown faith in Roman Reigns. So you end up in a situation where that even is, well, where are we going here? There is this sort of directionless thing happening in, in WWE right now, it feels like. And maybe that's just because of the way WrestleMania is being built now. The WrestleMania gets built more towards attraction matches than it does actual storylines. It's almost like WrestleMania is being built like a boxing card in the sense that they're just trying to get people to tune in to see these matches. Not stories. Pro wrestling is stories. So they're not really selling stories. They're selling matches this year. The Lesnar Reigns story has not been a a very well-told story. Paul Heyman has done an amazing job telling Brock Lesnar's side of the story. But in terms of Roman Reigns and why we care and, and Roman Reigns, I mean, he's being painted as an underdog. And he's got like every gift that God could give to a person. He's got natural athleticism. He's a good-looking guy. He's all toned up. He looks cool. Baby blue eyes. (laughs) Everything that God in a pair of color contacts could give to a person, Roman Reigns has. So I don't know how I believe him as as an underdog. I, I don't know how I feel sorry for him. But the story isn't there. And, and the story of Wyatt and Undertaker. Is it a story or is it Bray Wyatt cutting amazing promos and then having this fantasy match and sting triple h is it a story or is it just two legends that you never thought you'd see facing each other facing each other the rock and john cena told a story before they got into the ring i don't think any of those three matches have any story that's particularly great andre the giant and hulk hogan was a story you know, uh, Giant Gonzalez and The Undertaker was a story. I don't see a lot of stories happening going into this WrestleMania, and I think it's kind of... And then you're left with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Now, I thought that segment started going well. I liked Roman Reigns snatching the title from Brock. I liked Brock's angry expression on his face. When they started playing tug-of-war over the title belt, I said, Oh, where's this one going? And the answer was absolutely nowhere. That's the beginning, middle, end, Sam Roberts. And I was fairly disappointed that that was the end of it. Now, am I still optimistic about WrestleMania? Look, living inside WrestleMania, in that moment of WrestleMania, there's nothing more exciting. I think the arena is going to be hot. I think, every, I, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a fun show. But it does not have the momentum that WrestleMania 30 had, for instance. It just doesn't. And it's unfortunate. But still, I don't like I, – I have a problem being negative. I don't like to hamper a good time because naturally as wrestling fans, the fact of the matter is we get excited about WrestleMania. And I'm still excited about WrestleMania. But it's all it's it's more conceptually. It's more about seeing some some amazing fantasy matches. It's about the concept of WrestleMania. Yeah, it is WrestleMania the whole weekend. We get the Hall of Fame and the NXT event and and access and all this stuff happening and all these wrestlers in town and all these wrestling fans in town. Everything happening conceptually. It's an exciting time to be a fan. Waking up. On Saturday morning, knowing WrestleMania is one day away. Waking up on Sunday morning, knowing today is WrestleMania. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. But that said, are we excited conceptually about WrestleMania? Or are we excited because some amazing stories have been told and and it's culminating in this one show? Now... That's not to say the Monday after WrestleMania, things can't take an amazing turn. I I think Jamie Josta hit it right on the head, where there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. It almost feels like, starting from the Royal Rumble or so, everything got ugly. Everything got all smudged up. And there hasn't been a huge amount of direction ever since then. 
we had to get to WrestleMania because we set things in motion and you couldn't just ignore that they were happening. Starting this Monday is when the ship can be righted, is when we can start pointing everything in directions that they should be pointing in. And all we can do is hope that that's what happens. Now, as I said, there's going to be a lot of podcast Sam Roberts business happening over the next week or so. I'm going to have interviews up on youtube.com slash not Sam as I go. Maybe I'll put out a bonus podcast this week. I don't know for sure. I will guarantee that you're not going to want to miss Friday's Sirius XM show on XM 103 Sirius 206, the Opie radio channel online. Uh, get yourself a Sirius XM trial subscription if you want to hear it live, if you don't have Sirius XM. But you should get Sirius XM because I do that show every week for now, extending very soon. And you're not going to want to miss any of it, uh, you know. If you liked X-Pac last week on the podcast, that was 20 minutes of an hour conversation I had on the radio. So you don't want to miss Sam Roberts' show on Sirius XM Radio, especially this week with Katie Linendahl and myself from WrestleMania Radio Row in San Jose. I'll be at the Hall of Fame. I'll be at Mania. I'll be at the NXT show. I'll be at Access. Uh, I'll, pr- I'll be at Wale Mania, I'm sure. I'll be all over the place. So if you're around, make sure you uh, holler at your boy, as Scott Steiner once said. And I'll see you soon. Let's get psyched. It's WrestleMania week. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.